We have returned episode 33, the Larry Bird of episodes of Bailey and Harper. This, I don't know why this didn't occur to me a long time ago. I know it's gimmicky, but we should be naming every episode after the most <laughs> famous athlete to wear the number, dude. Like, we got 32 behind us. Should have been the Magic Johnson episode. Should have been. That's true. 24, you know 24 should have been the Kobe episode. Yeah, and we're at 33 now. 33. This is the Larry Bird of episodes. It has to be. Baddest right? white boy in NBA or, history. You know, I'm a Lakers guy. I'm kind of a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar guy. Well, he's, not, he's not on the baddest white boys of NBA history list. So correct. This, Larry all, Bird Day. Although, they, you're, although you're, Larry right. Bird you're, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Although that's, you got a strong argument there for Kareem. <laughs> uh, a strong argument for Kareem. So uh, good to be back, man. Uh, the Larry Bird episode. And uh, last we left it, I was headed to a wedding. Uh, lots changed. Your um, suit, you felt, was you a know little what, too dude, big. I just, you couldn't. I, I couldn't even let you finish you without saying resist. that. You couldn't resist. I mean, right now, you couldn't resist DMing me on Instagram the other night <laughs> to give me a hard time. Uh, this, this is the first I'm saying it because I didn't want to make my brother feel bad and I didn't want to stress out the, the bride during the weekend. Yeah. But like we talked about, I had the tuxedo shipped to me from, uh, you know, where they got married up in Bluefield, uh, which sits on the Virginia, West Virginia state line. For those who aren't acquainted with uh, the booming metropolis of Bluefield. Of course, um, me too. Thank so, you. you know, mine got shipped to me and it is partially my fault. I didn't get to it until a day and a half after it got there. And by the time I realized it was not quite right, it was too late to ship it back and do anything about it. So, yeah, the, the, the suit coat was a size too big, and the pants were a size too small. So, uh, yeah. I didn't know the pants were too small. Kyle. It was rough underneath that coat, man. I was actually <laughs> thankful for the big coat at one point because, uh, you know, uh, it was a little, a little tight in you there. You didn't do any splits. You did not bend over. Oh, no. I was very, very <laughs> gentle and dainty when bending over. Like, my wife noticed it once when I went to go. I think the baby dropped the pacifier, and I, dealt, I knelt down like I was an old lady with a back injury to get it down just so I wouldn't rip the pants. It's like, what is wrong with you? What are you doing? Nothing. I don't want to talk about it, all right? She knew what was wrong. She saw me try it on. She's just antagonizing me at that point. It's unnecessary. Absolutely unnecessary. But anyway, had a good time. Brother got married. And I, I got to say, I got to say, I know I'm tooting my own horn here, but uh, best man speech. Nailed it. Nailed it. Kyle, Nailed it. that's important, man. Let me tell you, my best friend, which he listens to the podcast. This is my guy. Yeah. Right. And everybody knows it is Stefano, but he was my best man. Dude, crashed and burned. Crashed and burned? Crashed oh, and burned. no. Yeah, it was funny. But it, it's, it, you know what, for me, it's more of, it just makes even a better story. And I have more memories from my wedding, which is great. Everybody's got a story from my wedding. Uh, we had a confessional booth at ours, Kyle. It was pretty freaking hilarious. Those get intense. And, and nobody, nobody has ever, nobody has the film but me and my wife. Yeah. Of like everything that was said in the confessional booth. But that, when it that was, happens, it great. It, that's, you, you're going to at least get one or two friends asking if you wouldn't mind deleting what's on there. You know, just, <laughs> There's no doubt. No doubt. You're going to get those. So no, wedding weekend successful. I made it back, did not get hammered, did not drive back sick on Sunday. So I lost the bet. So you lost the bet. So we're good on that front. And uh, as we sit here now, we just got, let's get to this right away. It's not on at the second, but... We had the Women's College World Series on Yes, just a moment ago. Man, I told you, I've been a Women's College World Series truther for a long time. Yes. And now, admittedly, I say that, I haven't been able to see as much of this one because we've been traveling and the baby and mm -hmm. everything else, but it's been on during the show, you know, when I'm changing the diaper. Like, this, it's so much fun. Like, those it girls, ha I don't care what you think about the softball. The atmospheres are incredible. Yes. Those girls are so competitive and so high-spirited. And, and, and then there's the high-level And it's fast-paced. It's, it's awesome. Not, it's fast-paced. Like, if like, you're Major League Baseball, you should be watching <laughs> the Women's College World Series and aspiring I, to get back to something like that. Now, I realize it's not going to ever be the same, and it shouldn't be the same. No. 
But there's constant movement. Yeah. There are constantly things happening on the field. And the, look, man, I, and I could never say this. Well, I, maybe I could say this because it's just ass. But this is, man, women's college, the WCWS, the Women's College World Series. No doubt. Is kick-ass TV. Real talk. It is. I enjoy watching it. I enjoy watching all of all the teams while they're in because you usually end up cheering or finding somebody or some aspect of every team that you really enjoy watching. You know, I've actually learned to appreciate Florida State after they've just, you know, they've won how many consecutive uh, games where elimination games, like eight, nine, stretch back a couple years. Um, even JMU, we were talking about the, the girl Odyssey. Uh, Alexander. Odyssey Alexander, how she did. Whose name uh, I butchered, by the way. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> they didn't know that, Kyle. They, they didn't, didn't know that. They didn't know that. But I did it on the air the other day, <laughs> so somebody knows that I butchered the name. <laughs> Got it. So um, she stole the show early, you know, going out there beating Oklahoma, which, man, Oklahoma just pounds home runs. Like, And that's another thing. Anytime a batter hits a ball, you never know. It might be out. And that's cool. It, I like it. Now, and then they also play small ball. Alabama now, I'll be honest, I'm a softball fan. I went to University of Alabama. Alabama's softball team is good. Murphy's been there a long if time. If Alabama's competing, you're into it. I'm all the way in. That's how I am with my Hokies, man. Yeah, man. Matter, like, I, obviously, there's some sports I, I don't see a whole lot of, but <laughs> if we're competing, I'm in it. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. cheering. Well, that's also why, you know, everybody's mad at the ACC Network because you couldn't watch your Hokies play baseball, right? It's a whole different can of worms. But, yeah, no, you're right. You're right about that. And, by the way, since we're talking about it, shout out to my, the Hokies club baseball team. They just won the national championship. Oh. And it's a club sport. But, hey, you know, club baseball can actually get really competitive. Um, actually, when I was How do they a, have a club baseball team? What do you mean? It's like having a club anything, you know, like any sort of club. They have club uh, karate, club gymnastics. Yeah. And, you know, the guys that want But they have a baseball team. They have a yeah. They have an NCAA baseball team that competes on the NCAA level, but right. most big schools now, or at least a ton of them, have club baseball, have club basketball. Really? Um, and the thing is, you'll have like really good high school players that um, just don't make it. That either didn't get a scholarship yeah. offer or only got you know D three D two offers, but wanted to go for an it's education cool. somewhere, yeah, yeah, yeah. so they just stopped playing. But they don't want to compete. And so you'll have a lot of these teams that have former D2 players on them, um, <laughs> even some D1 guys who either wash out or really just don't want to play beyond college, and they'll just right. go play. And these teams are real. ECU here in North Carolina won the national championship. Was it last year or the year before last? ECU, really good NCAA team. They're top 15 in the country in Super Regionals this weekend. And they have a really good club baseball team that just won the national championship. Dang, is that like their farm system? I mean, could be. Well, they, they had a guy. I think it was the Tigers drafted a pitcher off their club baseball team. Who was that? I'm drawing a blank wow, right that's now. That's crazy. Yeah, ECU club baseball right. Tigers. Anyway. Back to back to the women's college wars. Why great. you looked that it's up? Fantastic. Did you find it? Yeah, uh, I think so. Hold on. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. This girl Montana Fouts for Alabama, though. Did you see her pitch the perfect game? It was. I did. Yeah, was, I saw. I saw the highlights that day. Yeah, I mean. I was Tanner Duncan, ECU, club, uh, club baseball pitcher drafted by the Houston Astros. Go ahead. That does happen. It's pretty so crazy. Let them know, man. If you keep balling, they will find you. Yeah. Period. Period. <laughs> Don't Just keep living the dream. No doubt. So, I mean, Kyle, she, had, she pitched the perfect game. She struck out 14, which was great. But she literally struck out 16 the game before. Yeah. Right? Pretty and good. And then – Gets up against Oklahoma, and you think you – I mean, uh, Florida State, like, oh, she's about to just mow Florida State down. Like, there's, there's – she's about it's to over. just – it's about to be over. Dude, she's, she got rocked. And then it's just weird because, like, it's so weird how momentum works in softball. And, like, girls get rolling. And it's like you can't hit a pitcher, and then all of a sudden 
you just start tattooing her, and then like one hit leads to multiple. And oh yeah, no. It, all it they builds. gotta do is put the ball in play because you can beat out a run. You get like the game is fast paced. Like, oh, it's great. I mean, you know, you, it, it's you a slappers, game. Slappers, you got the the bunt sacrificing all the time. People on the move on the bases. It's it's interesting. It's, I really enjoy. In it. In many ways, it's what baseball is supposed to be and what it used to be. You know, when guys were always when, when guys were still in fifty, you know, forty five, fifty bases a year. Not everybody, but a lot of them. You know, and and you, hit and run was still implemented, and there were still safety squeezes and suicide squeezes and double steals, and you know that's kind of gone away with the focus on home runs and the fact that pitchers are more dominant than they've ever been, which is a whole conversation well, about this. I, w- I hope we go there. Well, we're here. Go for it. <laughs> go I want to talk about baseball. And the next controversy, I guess, that is baseball right now, which is the substance. The substances on the, the pelican baseball. grip. What the, the, the spider grip? The spider boiled, tack. The yeah, spider tack. The uh, <laughs> uh, boiled Coca Cola. Um, you know, for, for a longer time it was resin and pine tar and right. uh, suntan lotion. But they've upgraded to like industrial products, <laughs> stuff that's meant for like Olympic weightlifters who are deadlifting eleven hundred pounds like yeah. that. And and it's crazy, man. And I don't know. If it rises to the level of a steroid era or not, I, I'm still kind of – it's something that I've thought a lot about. But what it does present is the opposite of what the steroid era did. The steroid era gave us the home run chase. The steroid era gave us balls flying out of the ballpark. It saved baseball. In some ways, a lot of ways, steroids saved baseball. This Pelican grip, spider tack stuff is killing baseball. Yeah. Now, in part. Now, I don't think it's all that. That's not the only reason guys are dominant. Um, you know, it's – you know, Pete Alonso, I think, from the Mets said today, he's like, let them use this shit. I don't care. I'd rather not get hit in the head by a, you know, runaway 100-mile-an-hour fastball, you know, so on and so forth. Still critical, but he said that. But did he also hear what the rest of part of what he said, though? What the real crime in this whole thing is, is that the Major League Baseball, that they are m- manufacturing the balls and manipulating the balls that they're playing with, depending on who's being a free agent or who else is going to be available. It's because they want to keep the numbers down. And the owners, I didn't even know that Major League Baseball bought the the baseball producers. So it's like they control all of that. So they control the game. It's weird, um, Kyle. And they this, said that they manipulated the baseballs over the last few years. I mean, it, it's like Every a, year is a different baseball, they say. It's a pretty big conspiracy theory. I mean, what he says is, Biggest concern is that MLB manipulates the baseball year in and year out depending upon free agency class or guys being in an advanced part of their arbitration. Yes. And then he goes uh, – <laughs> I mean, that's a, big, that's a big finger pointing at them. Well, of course it is. And then he was asked in a follow-up question if the idea of Major League Baseball manipulating baseballs based on free agent class is something that players, quote-unquote, talk about and believe in. He said, oh, no, that's a fact. And then he continued, quote, in 2019, there was a huge class of free agent pitchers. And then that's, quote, unquote, the juiced balls. And then 2020 was a strange year with the COVID season. But now that we're back to playing a regular season with a ton of shortstops or position players that are going to be paid a lot of money, like high caliber players. I mean, yeah, that's not a coincidence. It's definitely something that they do, end quote. (laughs) So, like he says, in 2019, juice baseballs, huge class of free agent pitchers. And so, but like, what, what about before 20, 2019? Right, right. This is a very. So you, you've given me 2019. Well, how long, how long has the, you know, the Major League Baseball owned the, what is that, Rawlings? What makes the baseball? Yeah, I, I think. Uh, they bought them. Oh, let's see. Who, I'm trying to, I want to get this right. I know there was a partnership with Louisville Slugger as well. But uh, no, I mean, this is, does that not strike you as conspiracy? He's talking about it as like, it, it oh, no, it's It seems very. But Kyle. Uh, you you want to talk about conspiracy theories here in America sure. right now? Yes, it is. I mean, it is still Rawlings. I just want to make sure. I wanted. Yeah, I, I thought Rawlings, maybe right? they changed, but yeah, it's still Rawlings. Go okay. ahead. So you know, 
if the players believe it, perception is reality well, until you true. change it. I'll give you that. All that's right? true. And even, look, and we got some crazy people, you know, that still are saying, like, you know, that things in our country right now are not <laughs> what they are, Kyle. <laughs> Just say it. There's <laughs> still people out there thinking that there are bamboo fibers and ballots that the election was still stolen. Say it. Yes, Kyle. That's the they, they and not only that, but they also talk about, you know, if you get the vaccine, you're, you're magnetized. If you put a magnet Dude, do you want to do that right now? Because we just jumped into this baseball conversation, but I will gladly have that conversation. Not yet, Kyle. We don't want to do that yet. Kyle. Not yet. Okay, well, let's finish the baseball thought. <laughs> yes, then, because it's, it's I, a baseball. No, I just, I mean, look, Pete Alonzo is, that guy knows more about the inner workings of Major League Baseball than I do. It just sounds kind of conspiracy theorish. And if you can't go back beyond 2019 to give me examples, and maybe he can, I don't know. I, I, I got to wonder why are we just now hearing this is like an ironclad fact for the first time just right. wondering i mean and, and like he might say hey it's been talked about in baseball for years fine but just give me a little bit of data all i'm saying is whatever's happening here and it's probably just a convergence of all of it you know the emphasis on launch angle and trying to hit home runs and you know the defensive shifts obviously and it's not just you know defensive shifts it's very calculated defensive shifts against players yes. and their tendencies that have made it you know a little bit more difficult but they, but the, the nice thing is there's now a realization that they have to get back to playing actual baseball yeah and the some, analytics everybody's really i think this is an explosion of everybody the analytics have gone too far yeah, for baseball absolutely and now only thing and you know what and i i gotta give jay will some credit i was listening to espn this morning a little bit and jay will brought this point up and it resonated so hard and internally with me because i like dude i feel him like, I'm just a baseball fan that grew up watching baseball. I enjoy baseball. And now that I'm getting older, I can't enjoy baseball anymore as much as I used to because it's not the same game. Shit, and some every of the old players are saying it. Gary Sheffield says <laughs> it's unwatchable. And, like, you know, Gary's Gary, but whatever it's, it is what it is. And it's not the same game. But then also, Kyle, only time I hear about baseball is a scandal now. Like, that or, you know, bitching about team batting averages yeah, or that's it. It's like and that sucks because there's a lot of young talent. in the game. Right. There's that's so what I'm much young talent. It great is. talent like Mookie Betts should be on the cover of everything. And I mean, you, you know, can it, say that Tatis is my favorite young. Well, player, right. But I mean, it's and, and look, Mookie Betts does have a lot of endorsement deals. I'm not going to pretend <laughs> that he doesn't. But I mean, there's just there's so much young talent in the game. Yeah. Uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. Uh, looks like Ricky Henderson with power. I mean, I, oh yeah, oh, he's, he I looks like he might be the most talented player in baseball. Yeah. Uh, so th it's a shame because you're right. It might not be America's game anymore. That is football, but it's America's pastime, and it's still a ten billion dollar you know enterprise here. Yeah, of course. It's not for lack of people wanting to love baseball. It's because baseball makes it hard to love baseball. <laughs> Rob Manfred makes it really hard to like yes. it. These owners make it really hard for the players to trust them. Yep. And you know, aren't the players like I heard they're suing the owners right now for some kind of? Oh, they're constantly suing and arbitration and yeah, mediation. Like, <laughs> it's just the most. It's the most. Um, I don't even know what the word I'm looking for is. Uh, it's a nasty relationship. It's a yeah. bad. They don't they, look. Pete Alonso's accusing him of, of <laughs> manipulating baseballs year over year, depending upon the free agency class. That's go, that's a big and finger we, point. That's like, my coach. What that's if like he's a, right? That's a huge accusation. What Kyle? if he's right? If he's right, I, I mean, like I'm I'm being skeptical, saying it sounds kind of conspiracy. <laughs> show me some more. I'm interested. You have my attention. Show me some more. That was a huge accusation. I will say that. And you know what? Maybe it's just on me to do a little bit more digging about this. But you know, I I, I don't know. I got to look into that. But it's not a good. Baseball is such a great sport when it's played the right way. Yes. It's such a great game. Yeah, when, when play. But then you know. You know, Houston just won a championship. Then they get caught cheating. I'm like, dude, how many more cheating scandals are we gonna have in baseball? 
Like, how many? Steroids. There's a lot, to, man. This and, like, like it, it was, I feel a certain way about the steroid era because according to the own baseball people, they all knew that they were doing it. And, quote, unquote, it wasn't illegal at Correct. the time. Correct. So, so I'm like, so you all knew. You all were still playing. We loved it. But now you want to punish those same players that you all knew we're doing it, so we're just going to erase the whole era of baseball like it didn't happen. So my, my question here, though. And I mean punishing the fact that like, they're not letting him in the Hall of Fame. So if it's this obvious and this much of a fact as Pete Alonso presents it to Even me, with the, the, the pitching stuff, well, like it, the spider tech. Hold on a second. Like, think about it this way. So the frozen envelope and Patrick Ewing. Uh, the, you know, the, the Hornets fans forever, I mean, always bitter about the draft where they should have landed Anthony Davis after a 7-59 season. <laughs> they were so bad. And somehow they, just, they still <laughs> ended up with Michael Kidd Gilchrist, right? The belief from that some was their people, fault. the belief from some people that the NBA draft lottery is rigged, uh, that the Super Bowl is rigged. There was a former Tampa Bay Bucks player who won a Super Bowl on John Gruden's team, who did Tampa radio like four months ago, and said, "No, it's rigged. Even the one that I won was rigged." Super How is it rigged? No, he said, "No, the league decides, predetermines the outcome, and that uh, the whole thing was rigged from start to finish." Who is I, this I, guy? I, I'll look it up. I'll, this the name is escaping me, but th- there's CT is real. Oh, wow, but like, don't you like for some people? Either they don't start with maybe the way that I see it or they just don't care, but the, the ramifications for that kind of cheating, like that's a federal offense. You know, as a company, you know, Major League Baseball, you already enjoy, all these leagues enjoy an antitrust exemption. Like if you're rigging games, if you're manipulating baseballs to rob your employees of, of – and that, that can be proven if it's happening. Mm-hmm. All it takes is one person to, to turn on you. You know, as we see all over the place, it takes yeah. one person to, to, to snitch. Somebody gets busted. Somebody gets caught up. In a, is it really worth what they, they would face in terms of consequences to create such a, a grand conspiracy? Like, that's where I start. Like, yeah. is the risk worth the reward? And I don't know, like, how much money are we talking about here? Is it, risking, is it worth risking federal crimes to do it? I don't know. No. I don't I'm, think so either. I, I don't, and by the way, ba- last thing, baseball is notoriously – one of the dirtiest sports. Like we talk about college football and bag men and, you know, AAU companies and shoe companies with uh, college basketball. It's all true. But, you know, the cheating is a time-honored tradition in baseball. I mean, everything from corked bats to pine tar to, you know, the steroid era to, uh, you know, gambling on games. I mean, it's rife with cheating. All of it. All Banging of on it. trash cans. Like it's all it, – it, baseball it, is cheating. Like <laughs> st- sign stealing is just accepted. And that's like you, – Yeah. You do it the honest way. Cool. Yeah. It's just part of the game. And nobody said you shouldn't steal signs. Right. They were like, but you shouldn't – Should Probably shouldn't. Right. You probably but they shouldn't, shouldn't like hit the banging and like you that can't part. Cheat. Electronically, that was the thing. You can't You're, cheat in football the way you can cheat in baseball. You know, you can't right. – uh, The way you can – Right. You know what I'm saying. I mean, they were like – They were filming the signals. Yeah. And like – that's in real cheating. time. They in had real a, time. Like, so, somebody earlier, different. Somebody told me <laughs> earlier today when I was on FNZ doing the show talking about this, they said, you got to let this trash can thing go because with this substance stuff, man, you know, it's just if they're this unhittable, well, it just evens out the odds. I'm like, no, no, no. Listen to me. <laughs> it's, it's stealing signs. If you can pull it off and so fine. Great. Major League Baseball drew the line at using technology as they should have. Yes. And when you rig a camera to a monitor and you're watching it live you can't even change your sides if you start getting tagged as a pitcher no because by the you know you've got two or three pitches until they've picked up your new signs again you watch it it's not reasonable like that was egregious cheating and the Astros players still didn't get nearly what they deserve but I'm gonna let that go because I don't want to come off as a bitter person you said something about vaccines and magnetized foreheads um, arms arms and such arms that video out of Ohio of that woman who I don't know if you know this or not 
the woman on that video that went viral talking about uh, she's an she's a famous anti-vaxxer and she talks about not just the magnetism and all the crazy shit she said she was she is a doctor now she's lost her medical license but she was for apparently a long time a practicing physician oh. um maybe an osteopathic doctor of osteopathic medicine but i think she lost her life she's batshit insane but yeah that's you know ohio that's there are people out there who believe that the covid vaccine is activating metals in proteins that's causing foreheads to become magnetized and keys to stick to people's heads this is insane Oh, so you saw a video with Is the world getting fucking crazier, or has it always been this way, and we just now have the option to see more of it? I don't. I, I, I think the world has always been pretty crazy, Kyle. Probably so. And I think now it's more accessible. Probably so. I, I, I really do. I, I, I think the world, I, I think, but not only that, but people are naturally who they are. Like, the human race, first of all, we're all born of sin, right? So, like, at the end of the day, like, we all naturally, you have to learn how to do right, Kyle. You have to learn how to do, like, you don't have to teach a kid how to lie. You got to teach them how to tell the truth. Yeah. Kids lie just naturally. That's, like, that's what people do. And I'm not just trying to say people are liars no, or anything. But you're not but, wrong. Yeah, yeah, but, like, people, and not only that, but, I, I mean, people compare them to the fact of, well, you know, if they do something this way, it's all about clout now. It's all about getting clicks and trying to get a following. And it's about all these other things, Kyle. And people do Crazy things. People do more and more wild things. Not only that, but we all have a camera now right in our pocket. Oh, yeah. So that's another part of it where now you can just record stuff. You can, you can see it all. But like this, the whole anti-vax thing and specific to sports. I talked about this kind of on my show today. And I'm, I think. Montez Sweat? Well, Sam Darnold, Montez Sweat. Oh, what is Sam Darnold? Uh, Bruce say? Arians, by the way, jumped into the mix. I'll get there in a second. Just <laughs> when, I was, when, I, when I bring it up on the radio, some people have said recently to me, a couple people have said, you know, it seems like you save sometimes your real opinions for the podcast. And I'm like, well, it's they not said that. that I, to you? Yeah. Well, well, good, not in a bad way. Not, not in a bad way, but it's like, bro, it's a podcast. Like, we can, I can say whatever I want to fucking say. See? Yeah. Oh. And I can also, you don't have, I'm not, you, you you got options. You don't have to download and subscribe to the Bailey and Harper podcast. We'd love it if you did. Yeah, you Bailey know, and Harper, right, right there. Right. Please subscribe, share it with your friends. You know, let's make it a multi-million dollar empire. We'd love to, but like, you don't have to listen to this, and you don't have to listen to FNZ. But like, it's a sports talk radio station. It's for the broader masses, and so I, I don't. I try not to hyper politicize sports when we're already in a, an era where sports are <laughs> hyper politicized. Yeah. So over everything. Like today, I was like, look, let's. I'm not even going to get into vaccines. You know, and and whether or not you should, I'm not going to browbeat you like I just think that we can all look at it and say well this might be a problem for the season because if you got guys that won't get vaccinated and they contract the uh the virus well okay they're young and healthy probably not going to die but a lot of guys have dealt with after effects that put them down or they're not the same Jason Tatum's using an inhaler for the first time uh Rudy Gobert wasn't right for uh, I think what's a long what, couple months he said he didn't feel right couldn't get his win back mm-hmm. several other instances of athletes a Boston Red Sox pitcher done for the season last year after he contracted it so the point being you got all this data coming out now about uh, 99% of all new hospitalizations for COVID infections are from non-vaccinated people um, you know I read something last night from the NPR that the Johnson and Johnson vaccine in particular is holding up much e- even better than they expected against some of the variants mm-hmm. that are popping up across the world so like it's if you read the science on it, like you, it's really encouraging stuff. But then yesterday, Sam Darnold comes out and says, uh, I'm not vaccinated. You know, I need to do some more look, you know, reading into it. It's a personal decision, so I don't have much more to offer. Okay, fine. I, I agree. I, I would like for people to do it, but I understand it's a decision. And I'm not, I don't think 
as much as I'm in favor and, and a believer in what they've done with this vaccine, I'm also not for forcing things into people's bodies Agreed. against their will. That sets a really bad precedent. Yes, it does. So it, it's a difficult thing to talk about on the air. But here, I'll just straight up tell you, like Montez Sweat yesterday, while he is absolutely entitled to make his own decision as a grown man, I believe in that. When you come out of a meeting that was set up by your coach with a, a Harvard, I believe, what, epidemiologist, virologist, I'll double check. When you come out of a meeting, a resource that is so invaluable in this instance that almost no one has access to in that way, and what you say is that you're not happy about your coach bringing him in and you're still not getting it until you gather more information. He said he wasn't happy that coach brought him in. Well, that, that's the way this was framed. Okay, yeah. I, I, I read it two or three places earlier. That seems to be the that way it's being framed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Either way, he's still not you know, receptive to what's going on. And again, his right, his choice. But when you come out of that meeting with a person who is an expert in that field and willing to share those t that time and information with you, what more information are you seeking? You know, or is that just... Did they even ask a question in the meeting? Right, 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 right. You know, To or, me, I think those are the important questions. So did you ask the question? Did you... And these are young guys, by the way. I agree. And I, when I was that young, I thought I was invincible. I don't worry about... It. My biggest thing is this, Kyle. And I'm just speaking from, uh, from my neighbor. So my neighbor was the first person in North Carolina to be vaccinated and get COVID. But it had to be another variant. Like... He said he had a fever for like 20 days, like 99, 100. It, like, it was high, and then it went down to there, and it stayed there. He was not hospitalized. He just had to quarantine for his days. and then. But he said his recovery took a while. Yeah. Like, like it was not easy oh. recovery. He had a fever after his quarantine prime for like 20 days, he said. He said it was crazy. His, the guy that he got it from was not vaccinated got hospitalized, ventilator, almost died. He lost like 50, 60 pounds because yeah. he was, they had to put him in it. They had to induce him into a coma for 19 days. He was like, dude, and he was like way healthy. So, you know, he's, I, I think he's, I think he's out of ICU now and doing better, but he's been in hospital for like two or three months. Yeah. And, well, uh, it's and, bad, dude. It, it, they, it, they were saying that and he was like, the doctor told my, my neighbor that he's like, man, if you were not vaccinated, you probably, would have been worse than him, which is probably dead. Yeah. I, so I, I won't say a name, obviously. I'm not going to, I don't want to put anybody's business out there, but I, I know an individual um, pretty well. But who, he said the vaccine kind of, yeah. about, about my age. You know, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm 35. The guy, uh, you know, a couple years older, maybe, uh, no more than late 30s, and contracted COVID, uh, otherwise healthy, not overweight, no, uh, you know, underlying conditions that, mm -hmm. that we knew about, maybe, maybe a smoker, you know, and that certainly matters. But, you know, he, got sick and man he recovered but not after a fight dude and months later still on medication still on a strict diet still feeling not like himself I mean yeah it, it's not happening to the majority of people but it's happening to enough people that it, it just I don't understand why more people thought that it wasn't to be taken seriously now mm -hmm. I guess in some ways when it affects people you know and we've all we've said all this but if it doesn't affect you in a lot of instance, areas of life, you're not likely to care about it. Mm -hmm. you know, but the whole, you know, Darnold and Montez Sweat thing and the anti-vaxxers. First, I'll say this. If you don't understand or want maybe some context as to why the anti-vax movement has grown the way that it has, well, it's in part because of the Internet, but it's also in part because of a guy named Andrew Wakefield. Who is this guy? You got to look him up. I, I, I didn't know about Andrew Wakefield until about eight or nine years ago. A uh, professor of mine uh, who was a medical geographer 
Uh, she actually tracks the movement of diseases across the world and, you know, that keeps a, you know, a lot of things that she does with diseases and tracking where they go around the world. And Andrew Wakefield is a British physician uh, in the UK who's lost his medical license a long time ago because he um, uh, published a fraudulent report on vaccines causing autism in kids. And when this was a while back. Oh, yeah. No, this was back in 1998. I'm just going to pull it up because I'm trying to do this from memory. But no, I remember this. Though. This guy's name is Andrew Wakefield, former British physician and academic who was, uh, you know, the, he was he lost his medical license because he concocted a study. He was looking to prove that um, he was looking to prove that vaccines caused autism. And so in 98, he published a study and it made its way into a very renowned medical journal. And by that time, it was too late. And it was later retracted. The peer review process was brutal. They saw right through it. And so he, he cooked the, the study to try to prove that. So then it took off like wildfire. Now, it wasn't just him. The anti-vaccination movement was around before that. But he's one of the people that Gave really sent it into orbit. I mean, just yeah, yeah. and he's. He's a big part of why this is happening the way that it is. He started this, and so I still hear from people sometimes, vaccines cause autism. Now, I'm not, I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to try to. They did a large-scale study in the Netherlands like a couple of years ago. They tracked kids from when they were born, uh, for, I think it was through 15 years maybe, over 600,000 kids that they tracked to try to find out if there was a link between vaccinations and autism. Of the 665,000 kids, I think, in this study that were tracked over a period of a decade and a half, fewer than 6,000 of them actually had autism. And that's less than 1%. So even if you look at that, as some people would and say, well, that's still one out of 100 people. You know, if you were one kid out of 100 in a room, you still wouldn't like the. No, 6,000 of them had it, but that was only looking at vaccinations. They didn't look at family history, genetics. They didn't yeah. look at other contributing factors. Kids get autism sometimes. It happens. Yeah, I agree. But it definitively has shown over and over and over again in large-scale studies that vaccines don't cause autism. Now, that's not to say that you should just trust big pharmaceutical companies. You know, it's big true. pharma is the reason that we have an opioid crisis in this country. You know, I don't think that you should just trust big pharmaceutical companies. Agree. But vaccines are one of the biggest uh, accomplishments in the history of mankind. We've eradicated diseases across the world and saved millions of lives in doing so. And yeah, fine. Be skeptical of big pharma. But we got people now that think that this vaccine is nothing more than a ploy to plant microchips in us and kill us all. And like, that's insane. I don't. Uh, Kyle, that, that's when I started to say the Ron, Internet. Real quick, I, got a, I had a dude yesterday uh, tell me. Uh, On well, the show? Oh, they, they, I get them. The, the text anytime. line is hilarious. So, so I, I forget how funny the text line dude, is. Dude, the Kyle. Mecklenburg County Health Department, you know, they, they want to get a message out. So they came to us and, you know, they, they, we, they did a deal. And, you know, we do a read during the show that, hey. They want you to know millions have been vaccinated. They're safe, effective, and free. Get the information at the website, blah, blah, blah. People get furious. You know, the, the, the anti-vaxxer crowd, they'll get furious. Like, why are you reading that propaganda? These things are killing people. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, 4,300 people have died from this vaccine. I'm like, bro, that's awful. I don't want anyone to die. But you're the same crowd that was yelling about 99.6% survival rate, you know, of the COVID vaccine or the COVID virus a year ago. And you've got a vaccine that's 99.9999975 effective. Like, there have been 170.8 million people vaccinated in America. And 4,300 people have died for reasons that we're not clear on, right? So, yeah, that's horrible. But these things are effective. And 
it's anecdotal, fine, but like my whole family got them. I haven't grown a third arm. Nobody got sick. Nobody's dead. We felt bad for like a day later, but that was it. Yeah. Like these anti-vaxxer people are, they're a wild bunch, dude. And you <laughs> always, you can spot them a mile away on the internet. Do your research. <laughs> I've done my research. No, you've watched YouTube videos and, you know, quacks on Facebook videos. And you know, that most of them, that's what they've done. They're, they're a crazy breed. But Kyle, like, I, I think it's hilarious because... I sometimes I click on some YouTube videos. Look, I'm in this one group chat and I got some guys that are pretty far out there when it comes to certain things, even the anti-vax type situation. So uh, it's just been interesting to see uh, and listen when I and they got a video for everything. Yeah. Like, so what if you say this? Oh, they got a video to say, oh, this is what this was. That I'm just like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> It's like, dude, like, man. Come on, dude. You know what I mean? Whoa, dude. I don't, I don't need that. Like, yeah, I, I, I've, I've told people, I'm like, listen, man, if, if, if you're trying to convince me of something and you send me a Facebook video, I'm not watching it. I'm not watching it, man. That's Kyle. YouTube, maybe, because they got some good stuff over there from time to time. But you, you send me a – nah, man, I'm out. Let's, let's not start there together. Let's not – okay, you know what? We're going to hurt some people's feelings. All I'm saying is that group of individuals is kind of nuts. There's a couple things we could talk about here, too. I don't know what you want to go into next, but there's a couple things I got on my mind here. I'm ready. You know what? Hold on a second. Hold on a second. So one more thing about this vaccine thing. So what does the NFL do? Like it, I don't know if Tom Brady's vaccinated or not, or Patrick Mahomes. What does the NFL do if one of those guys contracts COVID during the season? Then they and, and, have, and, and like specifically even half the locker room isn't vaccinated either. Like how the, you know, right now the NFL is not allowing media access to vaccinated reporters. You know, last year everything was done via Zoom. Obviously, we know why. CDC told us vaccinated people can congregate in rooms together without masks, can go back to normal life. But the NFL is not allowing media access to players again, even though the, even if they're vaccinated. But they're allowing 50-50 locker rooms, right? Like in Washington, where only half the team's vaccinated. Like the, the, these don't these things don't add up right it doesn't make a whole lot of sense so right. we know why like these guys don't like talking to the media most of them so that's it's easier you can get away i mean you can get away with it but bruce arians today he said i think 85 percent of his teams got the vaccine and he was asked about ron rivera bringing a specialist to dc and bruce said essentially i'm paraphrasing he said i'm the specialist here he said yeah. you know if you want to go back to normal get vaccinated and he said 85 percent are <laughs> like it's just I, i'm not surprised that bruce arians said it and it sounds like his team's going to be okay. But with, like, well, Ron Rivera, but Ron Rivera probably is tr trying to tell his team the same thing. Yeah, but you're younger. His team is younger. Yeah, Bruce and, is a lot more blunt. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> it's a different team, dog. Bruce is a lot more blunt, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Bruce is yeah being real. It, it, yeah, but you know, Tampa Bay has different leadership than Washington. Uh -huh. uh, that's just what it is, and every team's going to have their own situations or issues, whatever they're going to have. So. Um, it's just, uh, it is what it is, Kyle. I, that's that's the only answer I can give you, and I know that don't. That's the answer that tells you nothing. No, no, I just, I, I <laughs> just funny, man. The NFL, you know, there's they have protocols, they have rules, but then they don't follow them, and I don't know exactly what it is they're they're attempting to do. This is one of the coolest things that's happened to me all week. I've, uh, you know me, I'm like I'm drowning in fatherhood and figuring yeah, out how to you're handle a three-year-old and or three-month-old, excuse me. And uh, so like it's been a blur. And I walk in today and I just apologize to her because she said, hey, "I'm Shamika," and I was like, "Hey, how are you?" And just kept on walking. You know, you start talking about your friend and he says, "Holdsclaw." I'm like, "Wait a minute, did I just 
really walked by without realizing who that was? Shamika Holtzclaw, how are you? I'm doing well, man. It's all good. I, I appreciate the love, though. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, so when I said that to Kyle, he was like, hold on what that was i'm like yeah man it's like that's like family like that's my that's the homie right there. how has like, that never come up yeah <laughs> I, I don't know it never it never has and uh she was in town and she just came by you know first of all my wife is shamika's biggest hype girl like probably probably top three i don't know of all time but she's definitely top three and my wife has hoop dreams, so every time she gets to hang out with Shamika, it's all good. Can I do this real quick? Can I properly introduce her? I, I should have gone with uh, six-time WNBA All-Star, three-time uh -huh. NCAA National Champion, uh -huh. Shamika Holdsclaw with us. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I, I just want to ask you this because I always admired her so much, and I knew some people who knew her, but I, I doubt many people know her like you did. You know where I'm going, Pat Summit. What, what was it like to like day to day to play with for Pat Summit? It was tough as heck. I bet. Tough. Very demanding, um, got the best out of you. But as soon as you left that court, when you're on a court is business. As soon as you cross those lines and you're leaving, it's like that motherly love. But mm -hmm. it's tough, you know, as a young person to try to like balance that. You know? I was wondering too, like being a star player with a really tough coach, like how do, do they, did you ever feel like the star player or you just? Oh, I felt like the star player. Not everybody got clipboards thrown at them. Okay. Kicked out of practice. <laughs> All that type of stuff. But um, yeah, she got something out of me I didn't know that I had. Yeah, okay. Definitely. So it took took my game to uh, another level. And she got a kid from New York City. I'm like from New York City. Mm. Knoxville? Yep. <laughs> you know she's the truth. <laughs> I was going to ask that. Like, what was it? Because you're from Queens. Mm -hmm. Knoxville's a different world. What was, I mean, how was that transition? Culture shock. I bet. We talked about this a little bit earlier. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand, like, first of all, I didn't understand why people wanted to hike. Like, why do you want to walk for fun? I was telling Roman this, like, and I love hiking now. Really? Um, I thought that number three on the race cars, I'm like, why does everybody have my teammate, Michelle Marciniak's number on it? I didn't know it was like a legendary, it was Adele. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. You know, it's just a culture shift, but it's one of the best experiences of my life. It, it, it taught me, I guess, you know, you have, you can't fear the unknown. I, I found a family and I found the sisterhood. Mm -hmm. Knoxville, a uh, uh, great. Plus, I got to witness Peyton Manning play. Oh, oh, that, oh that's true. I didn't think that's about true. That. I didn't think about that. I got to witness that. And you know what else is funny? I'm from New York, so imagine this. Why do people, why is everybody wearing the number 16 and going into that big, the football stadium? <laughs> Pat! It's one of the. It's so you one didn't of the best grow up football. At, like oh, I was gonna say. We, we have the. We had my dad was a big Giants fan. Yeah. Lawrence Taylor. Yeah. He would watch it, but I had no idea like how big Tennessee football was and football oh, in the yeah. South. Oh. You know, I had no idea. She's not lying, man. And like that's the thing. My wife is from New Hampshire, mm -hmm. and so they're all Patriots up there. Patriots, Celtics, Sox. You know that that's how they are. It's crazy up there. They couldn't care less about college sports. So she comes down from grad or for grad school at Virginia Tech. Actually, what gave her a campus tour was the first person she ever met. And I walk her through Lane Stadium, and like her dad sold. She's like, "This is the coolest thing ever." Walking through the tunnel where the players come out of to enter yeah. Sandman, and it is that culture shock that's really cool because it's very different up north. I got a lot of friends from New York and now New England who just they see sports so differently, and they can't fathom why we love college sports the way that we do. So I bet that was a shock to you because she saw the first you know tailgate in Blacksburg and tiny little mountain town where 40,000 people just come driving in on game day and fill the place up and it's the same way in Tennessee. You're right. What's the big game they have every year? Is it the Iron Game where Alabama plays Auburn? Yes, the Iron Bowl. So I'm living in um, Southern California like two years ago and I think they, they were playing. So I'm like, man, my friends are in town. I'm like, yo, we got to hurry up quick. Go to um, BW, uh, what's the Buffalo Wild Wings. We got to get our seat. We got to get our seat. I walk up in there nobody's <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I, I was telling my friends in Atlanta, this will be packed. Like you can't, oh, get, in. can't get anywhere. No. I was like so confused. I <laughs> <laughs> You're right. They that that game is too early, and they don't care anything about it out there. But you know, Shamika, so you know, working for the SEC Network now, I'm hoping I get to travel to Knoxville for a game. That was the biggest stadium I ever played in, probably, well, outside of Wembley Stadium, uh, overseas, but num pure numbers-wise. It doesn't get any bigger than what they have in Knoxville, and it's on the water. It's a beautiful place. I've only been there to play football. I've never actually seen the campus. I've only driven through Knoxville, like, one time my whole life, so I don't know Knoxville like that, so I'm really looking forward to it. And I can only imagine going to school there, playing at that time under Pat Summit. You know, I just remember Shamika because she had this fadeaway. Like, oh, she, she yeah. played with her back to the basket. That was I was a big fan of her. Uh, I don't tell her that enough because we don't talk about each other like that. But we, yeah, yeah, it's like, <laughs> we don't talk about each other like that. So yeah, it's like. <laughs> when we first met, like, we're in the elevator. And um, they were there for Brittany Jackson. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like, hi, you smile. You didn't say anything. And then your wife was like, hey, are you? And I'm like, oh, yeah. And it was like, cool. We were family after that. That's yeah. fantastic. I was, yeah. I, I was wondering how that happened. Yeah, it literally was like that. We were uh, for our friend Brittany Jackson. Uh, she who was teammates with right. Shamika. And, like, I know Brittany through some other friends and then everybody's family now literally yeah. everybody's family it's all good now Shamika I want to go to this one I want to switch gears how's motherhood been because now because first of all you have a beautiful son Thank you. named Kyle now I'm not going to describe him too much I'll allow you to do that only thing I say is Kyle my wife wanted to name our son Cairo so bad Cairo yes and Shamika saved me from him not being Cairo and now he's sold because we have a Cairo in the in the family now. How old is he? Uh, Seventeen months. Seventeen. I've got a three month old. Oh man, you are, you're here right now. Here, yeah. <laughs> right. I know, I know, right? <laughs> I, look, all credit to the missus. She's a superhuman, but uh, it's incredible. So like, I'm not that far away from where you are, but yeah. three months in, it's the way they change, the way they grow. Now, I think I might have a giant baby on my hands. She's like already. We took her to a, the wedding at my brother's wedding last weekend. She's three months old. She's, I think, 13 and a half, 14 pounds already. Mm -hmm. She was bigger than a five and a half month old and a nine month old. Yeah. And I looked at my wife and I was like, what is happening? What are we doing? Are we feeding her too much? But she's so happy. She's alert. She's engaged. She's like, and they just grow so fast. It's unbelievable. And, and you said the key word happy, you know, happy baby. That's what you want. And I'm just amazed. Roman's sitting here. I'm like four. I'm like, Heather, how did you do this? Because <laughs> I feel like there's not enough hours in the day. Right. I'm right. like, man, like, and I we got one. And it's a quarantine baby. Yeah. So he's just. I think quarantine babies are real. Different, it's yeah. different. It's I totally got one. Different thing. Work in the room. <laughs> He yeah. both of our attention. Mm -hmm. if, I, if I leave, ah, nah, nah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> attention. He needs attention 24-7. But it's been great. Um, it's really aided in my maturation process. Uh -huh. you know, because I wanted kids when I was younger, but I just sat with it. It's like, hey, maybe it's not for me. And right. to have a son is the best thing that I've uh, ever done. And I always wanted a boy first. You did? Yes, I always wanted a boy. You know, I, 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 I want a boy. What? Why? Because I don't know how to braid hair. Yeah. <laughs> 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 like, you know, I, I have my feminine side, but I'm more like sports. Yeah, I was wondering. Okay, that's what I thought yeah, you were going to go. You, know, you went hair first. Did you have brothers yeah. or sisters? Um, I have one brother. One brother? He was younger, but yeah, he's like boy's boy. I, he was just following me. We were playing stickball. Yep. Yeah. Everything, you know, so I was a little fearful. Have, you know, being blessed with a daughter first. Yeah. I was, I, I, I gave my mom the blues. <laughs> blues, but, you know, we'll see. Yeah. I didn't have sisters, so having a little girl is a brand new thing for me. I don't, uh, I got to figure this out. I'm, I'm taking my cues from him. 
Dude, girls love dad like no other. Girls, to me, my, I mean, I just feel like boys naturally make dumber decisions. Now, hopefully, oh, no doubt. Would be a, a Cairo will be a better situation than no what doubt. I have. I just think boys naturally make dumber decisions. But, you know, they're rough. They like sports. And from what I've seen of Cairo so far, he likes to play. Soul's already trying to be all up on him. They're, they're getting along great. So, uh, boys going to be boys. I also want to know. How are you feeling about raising this child in New York? Oh, my goodness. Because you did it. You were just talking about playing stickball. That's what you did with your brother. I love New York. It was the greatest place for me to grow up. But I grew up, I would say, too fast. And I didn't realize that until I started seeing the rest of the um, USA mm -hmm. and understood what space was, what, what, what green was. You know, I'm, I'm like, hey, I can take the subway. I'm like 11 years old. I can walk you through the whole New York City subway path. I, the, the stores are open pretty much 24-7. Yeah. It's a fast life. Uh, life of accessibility but you know going away to Knoxville for college living in Atlanta I realized the the, the peace the peace of just having like a yard you know, <laughs> feeling a little safe not walking out in a car is yeah so we, we shall see you know but he was born in Cali he can say that okay you know he went back to New York and you know whatever happens he's only a big city world, kid world, yeah. world, <laughs> he, we, you gotta go to San Francisco next you know what I mean like he's gotta go big city Cairo worldwide I like that you got to here's my question for you because I, I walked in I see you know he's wearing the the, the Brooklyn shirt mm -hmm. yeah. the net the net shirt, the net shirt. Uh, you watching the playoffs? Uh, yes. You are? Mm -hmm. Are you a Nets fan? I would imagine maybe. Uh, you know, eh. I, like, uh, I was. I played for the Mystics. And right. So, you know, I was around. I remember Katie when he was like a little kid and um, uh, Beasley. They mm -hmm. used to come to my games. Really? And all these little kids. <laughs> Uncle Jeff. And That's crazy. Grown, grown men. You know? uh -huh. I, I like to support them, you know. Yeah. Really, Cairo has the Kyrie jersey because when we're watching the games, that's the person that he locks in. He can watch because Kyrie has the ball and is doing this stuff, and we have a little, uh, little goal in the house for him. And he, you know, he's trying to learn how to little dribble a little bit, but he's he, he'll just shoot it and he'll just watch him. So you know. Wow. Supportive. I'm Knicks. Knicks and Lakers. Knicks and Lakers. Yeah. So you had to been you were a proud Knicks fan this year. Yeah, I was happy. That was quite a run. Yeah, it was it since 2006 or seven. It was seven years since a playoff win. Yeah, seven years. It's been a while. Have you ever thought about doing like have you, how much TV have you done? Um, I've done a little. I figured. Yeah. Uh, Did you like it? Um. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it, but it's not my lane. Uh huh. No, I get it. I'll do it here and there. <laughs> Guys like him in the fancy suits, they're yeah, great at TV. You know, the real fancy. Yeah, the real. <laughs> I, I, I came in, my, my, my wife is always like, whoa, did you see Roman in that? Oh, he looks so nice. Right? So <laughs> <laughs> I'll text him while he's on set. Like, only you can pull that suit off. Right. Yeah, I'd, I'd look like it the hair of your blimp in that thing. He's Mr. Fit. I think, I, you know, you, you meet people and you become friends. And I never, like, really looked at Roman, you know, besides the gray hair. I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah I'm not a big, I'm not that big. <laughs> and my wife is like, why are you going to insult that man? <laughs> like, I, but yeah, I thought, you know, he was going to, I was like, yeah, you think football, you think big. Right. Well, the neck does give it away. Yeah, the neck gives yeah, it away. People get people ask me back home. They're like, "Hey, you, you know Roman, right? How, that's a big guy, right?" I'm like, yeah, he's athletic, dude. Yeah. What, yeah, I what would do you mean? definitely just like he's not yeah. gonna tower over you, but uh, no. you take one look at his neck. I mean, you could hang a tire on the thing. So he doesn't have that uh, spikes neck, though. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> dude, Keo's neck is still big, bro. I always wanted to meet that dude because I, I just wanted to see it up close, and I finally did like five years ago in Greensboro. I was like, yeah, that thing's as advertised. <laughs> that, as thing, advertised. that thing is as advertised, man. Man, well, I don't want to keep you too much longer, but it was great to catch up with you. Meeting you. Thanks for having me. Me. I mean, I had you in the house. I had to bring you out. 
bring you up here to Roman's retreat. So yeah. appreciate it. All right. Yeah. Um, Heather told me collect $750. I knew, I knew oh, that's him. Tell her, tell her to write the, the check. He's got tell, the checkbook. Yeah. Tell her him. to write the hey, check. Absolutely. Good to see you. That was awesome. Uh, Shamika Holtzclaw. Yeah, man. We had just a legend sitting in, in the your house, living man. room and <laughs> I can't, I mean, I, I guess I can, I hadn't seen her in a long time or watched her in a long time, but like, she yeah. has a hat on too. And she was sitting down. She, you don't see how tall, I mean, she stands up. She's a very tall lady. Yes, she is. And like the, you should have seen, if you're out there listening, you should have seen my reaction when he was, she said, when I walked in, hi, I'm Shamika. It's like, Hey, nice to meet you. You know, yeah. we got to go podcast to do. And you get up here like, yeah, Shamika, you know, start talking about her plan. I'm like, wait, hold on. <laughs> Shamika holds claws in your living room right now. She's <laughs> awesome. She's such, you can tell she's such a fun, laid back she person, is. thoughtful person. You know. She's family for me, man. So it's just, you know, it's uh, it's funny because, you know, I don't try and like brag that I know her. And, and like we said, I, I, I you didn't even know. So, right. Uh, and it's just good that she was in town. I'm glad she stopped by, came through. So for us to at least have us a legend on, you know, riding th- Riding, riding in the back seat with us, man. Uh, not too bad. Ride. Not too not shabby. Not too bad, man. Just a surprise guest. Well, yeah, to say the least, but she was awesome. Now, with, with, uh, with that, I do want to talk about the college football playoff. All right, uh, let's we've, go. We've, <laughs> we've gone from weddings to anti-vaxxers to baseball scandals to Shamika Holtzclaw. I, this has been a wild episode. Uh, so I, the college, Larry Bird. Larry Bird. <laughs> uh, the Larry Bird episode has gone completely off the rails, man. My goodness. <laughs> And like I'm, I'm looking right now to see if there's been if the release has come out yet. I got to find this. So they're saying there's going to be 12 teams. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go to six Andy. conference champions. Yeah, and then the six top ranked teams outside of the conference. Yeah, let's go. To, I'm going to check Pete Thamel's so uh, Twitter timeline real quick. Huh? Go ahead. You said it was yeah, going yeah, 12, 12, absolutely. And so now I think the first round, the top teams, top four. How many? I think top four teams or whatever, or top however many teams are going to have a bye week, and they won't play yeah, week it was, one. Yeah, it was it's reported by Pat thing. Forty and Ross Dellinger, and so it was, yeah, the, 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 their reporting says that or said that it was going to be a release and a recommendation of a 12-team playoff uh, with six the six highest conference champs and six at-large bids. And then in addition to that, it would look like uh, the top four seeds getting a bye and the next eight seeds playing on home campuses of the higher-seeded team. So you'd actually get some home games in the first round with those eight teams. And then I guess not, it's not, it hasn't been decided, but the belief is that. Well, the that, contract's not up till next. Right. 23. Now, let's be honest about it. The contract is only as good as anybody wants it to be good. If both sides <laughs> want to change it. It's they, all about money. They can God. change it, right? It is, look, and they're going to make when it comes more to college money. Football, Kyle. They're going to make more it, money with this. Yes. If, if, when it comes to college football, you want to know the answer? Follow the money. Follow the money. And so it, they, it's clear as day. If they want to tear up that contract, <laughs> they will light it on fire. But like, it, so from it's cool because the belief is that from that point, that's when the bowl structure would kick back in because they're not letting these bowl games go anywhere. Jim, no. Delaney, Jim Delaney made sure that the Rose Bowl is not going anywhere. No, uh, no. You know, the, uh, the Orange Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, you know, th- that's when those, the rotation kicks in, I guess, presumably. But yeah, those on campus games would be really cool if, oh, if that's it'd what happened. Awesome. I, I mean, I just would like to see, but I know somebody like maybe a Cincinnati would have had a chance to have a home game, home playoff game last year, a team like Cincinnati. I think Coastal would have been on the road still because I think they finished at 12 um, at the end. But it's not just your top 12 teams. They're saying, are they saying like at large or so you're going to be your conference champions? And then it just depends what other team gets in from there. Yeah, right? Because a Pac-12 team could not, maybe not be the highest ranked team. What if they're ranked? You know, you're 15 or 12, and you win your championship conference. Next, you know, you're in. That means it's a lot of teams. 
underneath that that might get, you know, out. I, I just think it's simple. More spots in the playoff means more meaningful games late in the season. Yeah, and then also I think it's going to help with the recruiting when it comes to other other schools, right? The, these at-large bids could really pay off for a this lot of teams. This is how you spread because, it out. Yes, and then this is how you say, oh, because that's a – just because Alabama makes the playoffs doesn't mean Alabama – they don't regard any of that stuff, right? right? It's not about that for them. But for a team like a Coastal Carolina to say, hey, we made the playoffs, CFP playoffs 2023 or whatever the year that is, that's a check mark for them. That's going to be on their brochure. You know, that's on their brochure because right. that's the first time that's happened for that university. That's a big deal when it comes to recruiting. They are able to use that and pitch that going forward. So the more people you can spread that out with, I think naturally it helps spread other seats. Well, no doubt. I mean, and I, I gave NC State as an example, but you could use any number of teams. You could use Northwestern as an example, a team that's been good, like consistently mm-hmm. good, but not good enough to, you know, get into the, to a four-team college football playoff. But if they get in as an 11 seed, you know, and, and win a game or hell just being there, but get in and, and win a game maybe – that's something you carry into recruiting. Like yes. if NC State has a 10-win season, and let's say they go 10-2, and two, well, even if they go 10-2, and two, the likelihood is Clemson's still going to win the Atlantic at 11-1. and one. But at 10-2, and two, you're not going to the Tax Slayer Bowl that nobody cares about. You're going to be the, I don't know, 10 seed, you know, or the 9 seed, or whatever you end up being depending upon your strength of schedule. And Dave Doran can take that out on the recruiting trail and say, hey, you got a chance to play in the playoff. You know, we're building that something. That means we got a chance to go. We, we got a, a chance. You know, all it's you ask for is a chance, right? You just want a chance to, to decide it on the field. Yep. That's what's good about this. And I respect the people who, like, college football is kind of like baseball in a lot of ways where you have people that are really just clinging on to tradition. Everybody hates change, Kyle. Right. And people that try to convince me that the four-team playoff is still the best method because it's the, already the same teams every year, I don't understand you. I don't understand you. <laughs> You know, because I love college football. But even those of us who love college football have to admit these bowl games are not what they used to be. Most of them aren't. Well, the, the kids aren't playing. Right. They're not playing. Uh, in some instances, And I don't blame them. What am I playing for? Right. And, you know, some of these bowl games are still doing well. Others can't keep a title sponsor, so it's rotating all the time. You don't know what the hell that game is. You know, and, and so it's not that they're bad. You know, bowl like games. Like the one in Shreveport. Like, oh. I mean, at least Shreveport has a casino. But, you know. <laughs> yeah, but I was there and I wasn't 21, Kyle. There's nothing to a Shreveport. Oh, that's, that's totally it, fair. It's the worst. I wouldn't want to be in Shreveport. It was the worst yeah. experience ever. If I, if I couldn't gamble in Sorry, Shreveport, Shreveport, I don't know that I'd want to go to Shreveport. But, like, I'm, I'm good with this. You know, I'm good with it, man. Like, I like it. I, I love it. I, I think it adds more value to it. It makes things more exciting. It keeps more players playing the game, which I think is very important as a former player. I love to play football. I was just happy to be out there. I was happy that Alabama, my senior year, was actually good, and we felt like we were playing for something more than just, you know, a fucking shitty game or whatever. Sure. Now, but, like Alabama this year. Alabama goes to Texas A&M. Texas A&M on paper should be the second-best team in the SEC West, right? Would yes. we agree on that? Yes. Coming back. So let's say that Alabama goes to Texas A&M and Alabama loses, mm-hmm. right? And, and Texas A&M is in the catbird seat in the SEC West, going to the SEC championship game. Okay, Alabama, even with a great one-loss team, you know, it's not that – and maybe Alabama's a terrible example because they're always in. But I'm just saying in that <laughs> – But, yeah, too they highly, would not get in. Right, but two highly ranked teams. You want all these highly ranked teams in together. You know, you want to see this because, again, you, you might get viewership for the Rose Bowl because it's the Rose Bowl. And a lot of the time you do, unless Iowa's playing. Um, I'm but kidding. now you might end up getting, like, three SEC teams in. Right. You, you're you're going to – But I, I think that's respectable. Like, a last year's Texas A&M team could have been in. North Carolina. You know, I'm a Virginia Tech alum. Yeah. I have no very little love for North Carolina football, but they're a great example of last year where, you know, they had, two, they had a bad loss to Florida State and then took a kind of bad loss to Virginia on the road. 
And then they still won out and got back to the Orange Bowl and, you know, did what – but, like, in this format, those you – know, even one bad loss and a, a mediocre loss, maybe they don't get in. You know, maybe the two losses keep them out, but they're still in the running. You know, they're, yes. st- they're, they're still in the hunt down the stretch. And, you know – North Carolina was ranked – they finished 13. 13, doing right. The, right before, before the last – before they did this college this is football a good playoffs. Thing. I think that the overall – This it, was after the championship weekend. This is a good thing. I think it's a good thing. I, um, you know, it seems like Cincinnati had a chance. Iowa State would have been a team that was probably in, you know? Yeah, I just – I don't see – that the arguments against it I don't understand. Like, I just feel like when I listen to people trying to argue against expansion, it just always feels like they're reaching. And it goes back to the baseball-football thing where baseball and college football fans are very tr- – they're a lot more traditionalists and purists in that crowd – than there are in other sports. Like the NBA is the most progressive league in America. They're always open to change anything at any given time. They'll do a midseason tournament. They'll do a bubble, a play-in tournament, whatever you want, right? They'll mix up the all-star game rules. They don't care. College football fans, a lot of them, oh, the old bowl coalition days, those were the days. The BCS days, those were the days. Well, okay, BCS computers actually got it right, quote-unquote, quite a bit in terms of the two best teams. Doesn't mean I only want to let computers decide it every single year. I'd love to see a playoff, like a real playoff. I want to see Northwestern have a chance to go upset, you know, Clemson. You know, I do too. I like the upset aspect of college football. Is it going to happen? Not Probably every, not. But, but not, the best team doesn't win every Saturday. Right. That's a proven fact. Right. All right. You don't understand what some kids, when you're 18, 19, 20 years old, little things affect them. Like they broke up with their girlfriend. Like my Instagram is tripping. Like that affects young people that don't do this at a professional life. And you never know what you can happen. A foreign crowd, kids are off that day. They're not professionals, people. They're not. They're not. So uh, upsets will happen. I'd be excited for it. I'd love to see it. You know, Alabama did lose to Utah in the Sugar Bowl. Let's not forget. No, you're, you're right about that. And it wasn't even close. Last thing, and I, I'm hesitant to even bring it up, but I think it's such a wild story, that one that I, I told you about, I think, last week. Um, Virginia Tech. This story, speaking of college football, um, I'm going to stick to the story that's been written in the newspaper here because <laughs> there are some things that I know and have been told that have either haven't been reported or corroborated yet, so I'm not trying to get anybody in trouble. Yeah, we're not here to, to start conspiracies, Kyle. Yeah, so this is a really unfortunate situation if you don't know this situation. Uh, in Blacksburg, freshman linebacker charged with second-degree murder. And for the first, I think, couple of days of all this, that's all anybody knew. Like, that's really all the story entailed. Linebacker, second-degree murder, and that's where it was left. And then, you know, Reddit threads start to appear, and, you know, news starts to come out about uh, possibly related but not confirmed to be related other criminal case with restaurants and roofies and, you know, all sorts of things that, again, some of this hasn't been corroborated, but what we do know is that, like, a football player told police, and I'm reading this directly from the story, uh, and it's not – great to hear he punched a sexual partner five times in the face and stomped on him after discovering the person he thought was a woman was actually a man according to arguments presented wednesday in a montgomery county courtroom uh, according to the autopsy all the bones in blacksburg resident jerry paul smith's face were broken his teeth were missing had multiple cranial fractures uh, blunt force trauma was the cause of death and it's uh, a young man by the name of ec atute from virginia beach arrested and charged with second degree murder in the death of jerry smith 
uh, who was a Blacksburg restaurant worker. So he was granted bond finally. They got him out. Uh, There's a guy named Jimmy Turk who has represented every single Virginia Tech football player that's ever been in trouble. It's well known. Everybody in this where, is I, the guy. where I grew up, you know who Jimmy Turk is. Okay, if a Virginia Tech guy. football player gets in trouble, Jimmy Turk's on, on speed dial. They got him <laughs> okay. ready to go. Okay. And so And apparently he got really emotional yesterday in the, uh, the arraignment proceedings, I think, uh, where he, he got really emotional talking about this case because it's bad. It's really bad. But the, he was in court. This 18-year-old young man was in an orange jumpsuit for the hearing. And according to the statements, he went to the victim's apartment April 10th, so like two months ago, for oral sex after he was matched up with someone named Angie on Tinder. And he returned to that apartment on Memorial Day, May 31st, to similarly engage in sexual activity and discovered the person that he matched with was a man, according to summaries of the evidence made by his attorney. Uh, Atute also told police that Smith did not assault him. So the kid's been very honest, apparently, about, hey, the whole thing. thing." He said, I I did. I beat him like I, I hit him five times. I stomped him. And I hate this is hard to say out loud, but even told police apparently that he heard bubbling and gurgling as he was walking out of the apartment. So this kid has been completely upfront and honest, apparently, about everything that happened. But this is not just some football player loses his mind and attacks someone. So the person, uh, the, the victim, never woke up. Uh, he died right yeah, there. Yeah, well, it happened downtown near one of the, uh, the restaurants that the victim so used to work at. So it was outside? Uh, well, I, I don't know. Th- those details are okay, still okay, a little bit yeah, fuzzy bad, to me. I'm, no, you're good. I just, uh, those are a little bit fuzzy to me. But, again, there, there are a lot of things that I want to say about this that I'm not sure I can say because I've just talked to some people there. But you're talking about, cat- <clears throat> pardon me, catfishing. You know, someone presenting themselves as a female on social media to attract men. Apparently, there's a not apparently there's a long history of this Mm -hmm. dating back years of this individual doing these sorts of things. He's a 40 year old man, not 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 a trans man, not someone you know who was born male and and has since transitioned to be. He's he lives his life as a man, and this was apparently, as it's being discussed here in the court, a disguise that he was wearing a wig, and apparently this there was a, a an original encounter. And then a second encounter where the football player realized this is a man, not a woman. And so there's, it looks like there's going to be a defense of possibly sexual assault. or I don't know what the law is on this. Because, you know, like the gay panic defense is something that's been discussed nationwide. What is the gay panic? Essentially, you know, you, you don't have the right to kill somebody or to assault somebody, you know, simply because they're gay or, you know, like they hit on you. Like right. if, if a gay if a gay oh, yeah, man walks, you don't have the right to beat the shit out of him no, because he's gay. No, no, no. But th- there are a lot of people looking at this and saying, "Oh, this is he's trying to make the gay panic defense." But this man completely deceived this 18-year-old apparently, and it has sold himself off as a woman. And he's 18, and the man's 40. So like, what? How do you handle the kids being honest? Man. This looks like, nobody wants to try this case. I can't imagine that the, the Jimmy Turk or the Commonwealth's attorney given all the things that are involved in this case. I can't imagine anybody wants to actually try it, so I would imagine that there's a plea deal coming. They might make a Netflix special docuseries about this, this is, someday. This is, um, a, 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 just from all the things that me and you have talked about, this is a very, first of all, it's unfortunate. You lost somebody, and this young man is 18. His life is going to be forever affected by this. and Not just maybe criminally or anything else, but like mentally and emotionally, this guy's like, do you ever trust anything? Why? Yeah. Like, not for a long time. I mean, this affects a lot. It's sad. It's it's kind of scary, and it's disgusting at the same time. It's you know? so much wrong with the story. It's so much wrong with it. It's just not cool. You should not try. And I, I don't understand why people do things like that. It's just so – it's not right. It's not right. No, it's, it's not. It's not right. You, you don't – It's not right. You can't just kill people, you know, that we all know that. Like, yeah. there's – 
But I, I, being 18 years old and coming to a, a sudden harsh realization that you're doing something fairly intimate with someone that you don't know and thought you knew, and I mean, that's to deceive somebody yeah, like that. Yeah, and, and also, you know, the anger at that moment, right? Like, right. That, I mean, you're scared, you're angry, you're a lot of things. So, like, he's an 18-year-old. I mean, he's a kid. I know. I know. He's. I know. They're. I know he's legal. I know he's an adult. But like, when you were 18. Were you a fully grown man? Of course you weren't. Your brain wasn't fully developed. So like, you're, you're right. I just feel for the kid. But this is one of the craziest stories that I just hope that people possibly take the time to look into it because it's not just football player kills a guy. Like that, It's more than just that. All right, so we'll, we'll, we'll leave it there for the next one. We'll talk to you next time. For Roman Harper, I'm Kyle Bailey. Work hard. Be nice to each other. There we go.